Hi, I'm Jonathan Fields. Tune into my podcast for conversations about the sweet spot between work, meaning, and joy. And also listen to other people's questions about how to get the most out of that thing we call work. Check out Spart wherever you enjoy podcasts. LinkedIn presents. From entrepreneurship to global business leadership, from challenges to self-discovery to our ever-changing future, what separates those who win and those who get passed by? This is The Yes Factor with Winnie Sun. Hello, friends. I really enjoy getting to know Tayo Roxon more today. He and I crossed paths just a few months ago. When I first met him, it was actually via social and I read his post. He was a powerhouse, but he was so happy and uplifting and I knew I wanted him as a guest on our show. He's done TED Talks, he's spoken at the United Nations, and he has a podcast ranked in the top five tier of the top 25 business podcasts for entrepreneurs, ranked by entrepreneur.com. His message is powerful. Our differences are what our superpowers are. And here's our interview. The one and only Tyler Roxon. I want to welcome to the show. Hello, Tyler. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How's everybody? Well, I think everyone's great. We're really excited to have you here uh, for sure. Like, let's just share a little bit of this. I got to go, Tyler, because you're such an impressive human being and wonderful person. And that, of course, let's talk about, though, the bio, because the bio is actually pretty long, Tyler. Can we just talk about that? This might be one of the longest bios. And I know you're so modest. You said, just say my name. But you know what? Taya Roxon, writer, speaker, consultant, podcaster. By the way, not just a podcaster, award-winning podcaster, professor, co-founder, brand strategist at UYD Management, which is a strategic consulting firm that empowers organizations to incorporate sustainable diversity and inclusion practices. He's And as we talked about earlier, you know, he's lived at a few places. He's done a few TED Talks, by the way, easily one of my favorite TED Talks, and host of As Told by Nomads, which we talked about that award-winning podcast. Tayo, is there anything you can't do? <laughs> well, um, I, I can't dance. I've been working on my my hip movement. Apparently, I have tight hips. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, my my background is just a reflection of my desire to learn. I, I I don't know if anyone in the audience can relate to this, but, you know, growing up the way I did, I was often told what I could do and what I couldn't do. And I've always been someone who has been curious by nature. And it wasn't until I figured out that I I was actually limitless as opposed to limited that I actually started to tap in my gifts because academically I did what I was supposed to do. I did everything I was supposed to do socially, but I never fight, you know, it never quite felt like my true self. And I had that trauma of really learning how to work with my anxieties and, and and the things that I was struggling with. And that's really what unlocked any of these things that I do today. So I just do things that are uniquely true for my personality. That's what I always say. I love that. You do things that are uniquely true to your personality. And I think what you've done too is, I imagine, that insecurity of not knowing exactly who you are and how you feel, that actually gave you opportunities to try things that said, why not, right? Yeah. You know, paired with that insecurity has to do with the relationship with failure. For the longest time, I had a very huge fear of failure, partly because of how I grew up. And I thought if you fail, that meant that you could never succeed. And then I had 
this near-death experience in 2012. It was a car accident in Virginia. Once I was facing my mortality, I started to ask myself the question, you know, if I'd just gone, would I have been happy with my life at that moment? And it made me reflect on the importance of allowing myself to fail. Because the ironic thing about failing is you can't grow unless you fail, right? Even when you're, you're working out, it's the, the idea of knowing how to practice failure so you can get to the other rep. And so I changed my attitude and then I just acknowledged my insecurities. I started talking about my struggles of mental, uh, mental, uh, you know, my, my mental health. Yeah. And then I started talking about my struggles with dealing with the systems. And I found that other people would email me or would send me messages and say, well, thank you for sharing that. I, I thought it was only me. And, and that sense of, I thought it was only me gave me an insight into why we need to create more systems of belonging because what exists out now is not allowing everyone else to feel like they, you know, they can fully be themselves. So Tayo, let me ask you this, you know, do you feel like when people first meet you, they read your bio, they meet you in person, they feel like you've got it all together. You know, let's just put out there. I mean, let's talk about your background, talk about your dad, because I think a lot of people would think that like, wow, what does he have to be concerned about? He's young, he's good looking, he's successful. Um, he, fe I feel like he's like an overachiever already, but obviously everybody is human. And sometimes it's good to remind ourselves of that. Thank you. First of all, <laughs> um, one of the things that people, yes, people might sometimes look at that and think like that, but you know, at the same time, what led my path here was I was fired twice, right? Broke multiple times in New York city and having to navigate the immigration system in America as, as, as a non-immigrant, all those things came with its own set of challenges. And for me, it wasn't, if I didn't make those decisions for myself and, and push through those particular moments, there's no way I would be here right now. And a lot of people can look at external things and think they know someone. But the most ironic thing is that what makes someone has to do with a lot of things you can't see. Anyone's identity is more invisible than the visible. And so for me, you know, for anyone looking and thinking about why is this guy doing all these things, I, I, I will just ask them to think about their own salient identities. What are the things that are important to them? The things that make them who they are. For me, it's being black, being a man, and being you know uh, someone that grew up all over the world as a third culture kid. And so, if you start off with yourself, someone can say it's being a mom, it's being a father, you know, it's being a CEO. Then you want to list out all those important things that would feed that identity. And for me, what fed my identity as being black and being a man and being someone that is is interested in bridging cultural divides led to the career path that I have right now. And I will always encourage anyone to do that start from your identity and how to feed that and then you find yourself you know getting into several fields regardless of whatever challenges you're facing and so that's what i did that's what honestly what i did you know, so let's start from the beginning can you share with us tayo sort of your backstory and your own sort of yes factor moment or aha moment i shared one aha moment already right that was the the car accident and so the backstory though is I spent the first decade of my life in and out of three military regimes, and two of them were dictatorships. And so my first relationship with anything that had to do with leadership or even just understanding how people interacted was really this idea of suppression, uh, this idea of oppression. And I, I knew my parents were telling me all the rules of what not to say and what to say. And I used to observe that a lot from a critical lens because Nelson Mandela is my, my greatest inspiration. And around the same time Nelson Mandela was, you know, coming out of prison and then he became the first black president of South Africa, I would pair my experience with that. And I would like say, one day I want to do something like that. I, I want to be able to, to free people from a, an oppressive type of thinking. And I never knew what that would look like. I just thought I want to do that. And then we transitioned to civilian rule. 
in Nigeria. And then my dad's job was to diplomat, so I had to take me to different parts of the world. And this was when I really got to understand how the world saw me. Because the first time I remember feeling different was I was this skinny Nigerian kid at a thick Nigerian accent in a French-speaking country in an American international school going through puberty. I was 10 years old. And someone came up to me to tell me how thick my lips was or how my hair looked weird. And I thought to myself, wait, what? Is something wrong with me? <laughs> and I, I was 10, you know? So, you know, you, you start to think, yeah, maybe I should have <laughs> thinner lips or maybe I should, you know, hide my hair. And I, I would have a series of these things. And, and it led me down this path of depressed without even knowing I was depressed. I had several anxiety uh, attacks. Uh, and then I started to then think about the fact that I've, I've always been fascinated by getting people out of oppressive and suppressive mindsets, and I'm doing it to myself here. And so I started to say, let me start writing. I started writing in middle school, and I started writing the things that I needed to believe about myself in order for me to free myself of this things I'd internalized. And then I moved back to Nigeria for high school. I went to boarding school, and in boarding school, you're Everybody's there. This is your house. <laughs> and so it was the first time I was bullied, uh, not physically, but, but you know, socially. Everybody, I, I went to a boy, boys boarding school and then it was a girls boarding school. So we go home to the boys, right? We, would, we were separated that way, just uh, cross gender. And I was bullied because they thought that I, uh, well, they said, this guy seems to have everything, right? He's come here with a different accent. He's taller and, 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 uh, the, he, he seems to have the ear of the authority. And I remember feeling so ostracized. And I thought to myself, this is another form of suppression. And it's often caused by people's fear that someone is going to take something from them. So I started writing again. So I said, okay, I've had the oppression as a, as a living in a dictatorship, then going there where people are telling you that being yourself is not enough, then coming back to a place where you're supposed to feel at home. And people are saying, well, because I'm threatened by you, I'm not going to include you in certain things. And that really is what sparked everything, right? So the, when I came to America for college, I then put all that into application and I started um, leading movements along those paths and telling, you know, those leading those movements from those stories of personal experiences and inviting people to share their own moments where they've been bullies or they've been bullied. And then we created that spectrum of how to fight for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So it started from my personal experiences. I've, you know, I've experienced a lot of the things that I talk about. And so I just wanted to create space through my vulnerability so others can feel like, okay, maybe I've done that too. Here's what I can do moving forward. I love that. It started from your childhood and every stage. And I mean, talk about that stress at being such a young age and even at 10 years old, like you start to question yourself. Kudos to you for writing this down and making a movement of this and really thinking about what you need to do. I think a lot of young people could find a lot of value and could relate to what you went through when you were a kid. Now you've had the chance now, you've spoken at the United Nations. You've had numerous TED Talks, all these amazing podcasts. In many ways, you've taken all those challenges and made something very special about this. So I really wanna talk about this. One question I have for you is, and I've done a lot of my Tayo research, as I told you before <laughs> we started here. What do you think it means to be an active member of a community? Because I heard you talk about this and I wanna see if you could share this with us. To be in, you're talking about the art of diplomacy talk. And so to be an active member of the community is to know what who's leading it and who makes up the community. And so anyone here, do you know your mayor? Do you know your local constituents? Do you know who the governor is? Do you know all those things? Do you know when the election cycle is? Do you know the demographic? And I, and I ask this because I'm, it's not to shame anyone because you know I'm sure many of us don't know, but the only way we can participate in changing something for the good is raising awareness about something. And oftentimes when I'm invited to have these conversations, there's no starting point because people don't know what they're where they live. You know, they don't know what's happening around them or who's 
making the decisions around them. And so being an active member of the community starts with that knowledge of what's happening and then deciding how you participate. I'm going to vote this way, or I'm going to join this group, or I'm going to volunteer here based on the knowledge you have. That's how you do that. And interesting thing about this is that it's all based around your interests. Maybe you're a musician, right? So then you become inculcated into the music environment around your area and you start to see the, the systems at play. You know, maybe you love sports and then you start figuring out how to, and you're a parent, you start figuring out how to take your kids to different sports leagues and you being an active member of that, you, you, you decide to fund one program, you decide to make sure that there's, you know, opportunity for all these folks. But if more of us adopt that attitude, we're going to have a more equitable society and inclusive society because we're operating with knowledge of what's happening in the systems and we're using our involvement to actually make an impact. And that means awareness plus action equals change. We'll be right back with Tayo after a quick break. Hey, you, I'm Andrew Seaman. Do you want a new job or do you want to move forward in your career? Well, you should listen to my weekly show called Get Hired with Andrew Seaman. We talk about it all and it's waiting for you. Yes, you, wherever you get your podcasts. Have you been feeling the effects of stress, burnout, or anxiety at work? Workplace culture is changing, but we're not done yet. Listen to the Anxious Achiever podcast to rethink the relationship between your career and your mental health. Hear stories from psychologists, entrepreneurs, even athletes and celebrities. Learn how they balance success and ambition with staying mentally healthy. And walk away with practical advice you can implement today. Get the Anxious Achiever wherever you find your podcasts. I love that. And I love how you shared, you shared in your TED Talk too, that you, how even as a kid, you know, you saw your, you talked to your dad and you learned a lot about diplomacy, right? How to interact with people that aren't like you. And so I, I love this because I love the title of your book, Use Your Difference to Make a Difference. These are powerful words, Tayo. I, I think that that almost bears repeating. So can you talk a little bit about the book? Yeah. What are you hoping to achieve with this book? You know, hoping to share what, what's the plan with this? I, I learned early on that a lot of people in our world react to differences in, in unique ways. And it's not often in the best way. You know, they'll either act threatened because it's not something that fits with their standard or norm, or they'll try to suppress it, right? Look at anything, whether it's enslavement or colonization or any of the isms. It stems from a lack of understanding of what is different from them, because whatever is different from them has been told that this is, this is a threat to you in some shape or form, right? And I, I, I was, remember, I was listening to a song by Nico and Vince. It was called Am I Wrong? This is, this is a while ago. I, I was dissecting the lyrics about, you know, am I wrong to step outside the box? And I was like, I really like the song. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, these, these folks are Americans. And I found out that they were Norwegian. And I thought to myself, I've just made this wrong assumption. And as I was dissecting the lyrics, I said, we need to learn how to use our differences to make a difference. I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I've been trying to say for the longest time. And so once I figured out that that was my mission statement, I started writing and studying how differences have um, actually ended up being the best superhero quality we can have once we tap into them. And so the book ended up becoming this framework for people who are interested in stepping outside of the comfort zone to understand differences within them and in their environment, and then how to turn that into an asset. Because I want us to flip that narrative and change our relationships to differences and then just embrace the diversity around us. And in the book, I, I have three steps that you can do that as a, as a change maker individually, as a, as a company, you know, as a parent, and as an institution. 
And that was that was the goal. It, it was out of my observations. You could probably tell that I, I'd spent a lot of my time observing human behavior. And so uh, I, I don't like to just share observations. I like to share frameworks. And so that, that's what the book is. I love that. That's huge. Talk about this. You have two courses, cultural competency. Talk about that course first, and then we'll go to the next one. Because this is really interesting. I love the title. And I, I love the difference between the two courses, too. I thought it was really interesting. I, maybe they're not different. And so I'd like to learn more from you on that. I think two of the most important skills we need to learn, this is where you're going with the second one, are, are personal branding and cultural competency, right? So cultural competency is your, your ability to communicate effectively across cultures. And personal branding is how you tell the story of you to the world. And I want to create a safe space for people to be able to tell their stories without feeling shame. And I also want people to be able to know how to communicate across effectively across cultures so they don't shame others. And so I, I thought those things were important, especially now in the age of you know COVID, it's, it's becoming really important to tell your story and for companies to understand how to bring people from different backgrounds together. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I have personal courses on both because I think those two things need to work in tandem. How to use your voice is going to lead you to know how to use your difference to make a difference, which I always say, and how to create a safe space for connecting effectively across cultures is going to help create the next generation of global leaders. Well, you're here and you said I could ask you anything. So I'm going to ask you this, right? So someone thinking like this, right? So we obviously have a lot of people in the world. You talked about the pandemic, right? Many of them listening today to you are wondering, okay, well, how do I start that, right? I'm from a different background. I've always thought I needed to change you know, my voice or the way I speak or the way I dress and whatnot. I feel like a little overwhelmed. What do you say to that? Well, first thing that I I would say is you have to accept that that's what you think. A lot of us don't change because we haven't accepted something, right? So you need to learn how to accept without shame. And so accept that this is what you feel right now in order for you to succeed. And then the most important thing is to then reflect on your core values. And the best way to do this, I'll teach you how to do this here, is I always have, I always challenge everyone to be able to tell me what their five core values are. And most people don't know what the five core values are. And if you don't know what your five core values are, you, you're going to become more of a stranger to yourself. So my five core values are creativity, curiosity, courage, compassion, and joy. Four C's. Every day, my goal is to fill each of these values in some shape or form with my action or things that I'm, I'm interested in. If you're struggling with your identity and how to show up, you need to be able to come up with a way to list out what your five core values are and feed those values every day. And the more you feed those values, what's going to happen is you're going to create boundaries where you're going to say, uh-uh, I can't be in this environment because it doesn't allow me to be this part of myself. You're going to create those boundaries with self, people, and systems. And then you're going to affirm those values with actions you take. And I've done this exercise in multiple environments. People start to realize, oh, I've always wanted to be an artist, so I'm going to take this art course. And in the next six months, they find their mood changing. Oh, I've always wanted to, to do this, but I'm, I'm in a relationship with someone that doesn't allow me to do that. Then they realize that they need to break up with that person. Or I've always wanted to nurture all these things. When you start thinking like that, you start to understand that we truly spend most of our lives in some workplace or education institution. So the biggest shame then becomes if you can't bring your full self where you spend most of your life in, you're not going to live a fulfilled life. So start off with your five core values and you can find them by basically reflecting on the things you like. What are your favorite shows? What are your favorite characters? Who are your favorite people? And then you you sit down with this list of people, this list of characters, this list of TV shows, and then reflect on why and what you like about these shows. And then you're going to find, oh, I love the integrity of this person. I love this person to have a sense of humor. Or I love this person unapologetic. Those things are important to you. And once you start from there, that's your compass. It's your compass in terms of that. 
That's your compass. You know, let me ask you this. So you made an example earlier that things change. Do your core values change over time or do they stay consistent? They change. They change. I mean, my mind has certainly changed and they change with the more knowledge you have. Life, a truly fulfilled life is learning, unlearning, relearning, right? It, the reason I'm in the field I'm in is I'm constantly learning. There's so many things about people that I don't know about. It is my job to continue to try and educate and, and create safe spaces for that. And if we have a fixed mindset, we're not going to be able to understand how to grow. And your values are going to change based on, on how you decide to grow because your biases are going to either be biased or fortified <laughs> based on the knowledge you have. And so, yes, yes, it, it, you're values certainly change with the more information you, you gather. So let me ask you, I'm, I'm just thinking a day in Taiwan. I'm thinking you must have a notebook next to you all the time because you must have big aha ideas, right? And you're probably jotting them down. Yeah, because I have a napkin here. I just wrote some notes on. But yes, <laughs> and then my Evernote is always working. And yes, I always have a note. I think it'd be really fun to be in your brain one day, Tayo, just to see all this going on. Okay, second course, we got to talk about this. I really love this because you're saying it's the year of your voice. Talk a little bit about that with us. I think uh, a voice is one of our most underutilized assets, you know, and voice can be anything. It can be how you talk, how you express yourself, whether, you know, whatever form of senses you use. And one of my core, one of the things I teach students in university is actually public speaking and communication. And it's not from the typical lens. You know, a lot of people say, well, you have to be charismatic this way. You have to have a loud voice. Now it's more from using whatever it is. If you're soft-spoken, if you're anyway... I'll teach you how to speak the way you are. And I'm saying it's the year of people's voices because I think people are starting to realize that they're more powerful than they've been led to. You know, even the concept of the great resignation, a lot of that has to do with people realizing maybe I shouldn't be in this workplace or maybe I should start that business. Maybe I should go apply for something else. And that's because they've realized the power that they have within them. Now, before this, maybe many people thought that their employer held all the power. However, when you start to figure out what your values are, which I just discussed, and then figure out how you want to leave a legacy, then you're going to say, how am I going to use that? And the course just basically shows people how they can pair up what their values are with a message to the world and then do that consistently. Because that's the missing part. Some people might know what they want to do, but they don't know how to deliver that message. And I just walk through that. And, and, and I feel like if more people do that, we'll have beautiful stories. It'd be a beautiful story. I think giving people a voice is really important. Whatever path that might be, I think it's great that you give them the tools to show them with it. This is something I really, really enjoyed. I talked about it a little bit earlier today, and that is your TED Talk. I really loved your TED Talk. This is brilliant. And, you know, you talk about diplomacy. And I know you shared a little bit about the backstory to that. Um, but when you think about that, when I when I listen to your talk, I love the Tayo way. Tayo doesn't just tell you something. He breaks it down to the steps that you need to take to get there. Like, I feel like you're a natural teacher and probably because you've mastered listening. Yeah. <laughs> Or we're always forever students, right? Can you talk a little bit about this? When you talk about diplomacy, what does that mean? And how is this relevant to all relationships, whether it be business or life? Why do you think this is so important? Well, I learned this. My dad was a diplomat. And every time I get posted, I, I just used to just watch what he would be doing. And his job was to figure out how Nigeria as a country could you know, have mutually beneficial relationship with wherever we're posted. And it'd be along the lines of finance, of government, or, you know, any sort of relationship. And he would just always, you know, he would like, you need to understand the country he's in first. So he would look through the newspapers and look through the news stations and he would figure out who the key figures are. Uh, and then he'll, yeah, then he'll start figuring out how to embed himself in society and then which 
piece of information needs to gather. And so I broke it down into three ways. I said it's really learning how to collect and gather information. And a lot of collecting and gathering, gathering information, find out what makes people happy, sad, angry, any of the emotions. If you start looking at what makes people in your environment happy, sad, and every of those things, you're going to find that it's very different from what you might have assumed, right? What you're going to find out is what makes people feel safe, what makes people feel like they can succeed, and what makes people feel like they, feel they can belong. You want to collect and gather this information and then reflect on it. And then as you're reflecting on it, you're going to find that Hey, maybe you are participating in making someone else feel unsafe, awareness. Or maybe there's something you can do more of that you can make someone feel like they belong, awareness. So that's one. And then the second thing is active listening. With active listening, you've already collected and gathered information. Now, a good way to continue and practice active listening is to understand how to ask open-ended questions that other people can invite themselves into the world. Too many people will ask a, a leading question and say, you must, you're from Nigeria, right? So you must do this. Or you can say, hey, what are the things that make you feel happy today? Or what are the things that make you feel safe? Or tell me about the most important story that you, you know, in your life or the most important figure in your life. And if someone is telling you about the most important figure in their life, you're going to find unique probing questions. I mean, you're doing a good job of that today, Wendy, right? You're asking all these open-ended questions that's going to lead you to probe into something. And then the last part is what we discussed, being an active member of the community. And the reason why I, dis I, the, I described this as the act of diplomacy is, I think sometimes one definition of, of diplomacy is be, it's sitting on the fence, right? Just <laughs> not having any, a, a, any opinion. And I, I wanted to expand that definition based on my experience where it's actually learning how to show up in environments, different environments, by understanding where you are and understanding how to put yourself in the equation of where you are so that you don't lose yourself and they learn more about you and you learn more about them. That's how I define diplomacy. When you start doing those three things, you're going to find yourself figuring out how to deal with the multiple identities that exist in our world today. It's incredible. That's incredible. I love that. And I think that can help you in all forms of your life because when you have a better understanding of others, that's where you learn more about yourself as well. I love that. You know, I got to share this with you because I, this I really love this share. You know, Tayo shares a lot. If you don't follow him on LinkedIn, I, I would strongly suggest you do. He shared a post, and I thought uh, he talked about you know using your difference to make a difference, and and talking about how um, his smile, your smile, was something that you know that you use to your super. You want to talk about this? We gotta talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh, you want me to talk about? It? Okay. So, well, I just think it goes you know hand in hand with what we discussed. I think everyone has a trademark. One of the things that I, I recognized growing up as a kid was my name, Tayo, is short for Akin Tayo. In, in Yoruba culture, that means a warrior or the brave one has brought us joy. And for me, when anyone's asking me what I hope to do, I always say, I just like to live up to my name. And for me, it's as much prophetic, right? I'm very, you know, joy I shared is one of my values. And an instrument of my joy is um, my smile. And everyone's always talking, this guy's always smiling. And I, I noticed that it, it is something that I, I, I've been able to use throughout my life. And so I was like, ah, you know what? Let me just write about why I, I love smiling. And it's a trademark. And I was sharing that post and that poem in a way where I hope other people find something unique about themselves that's a trademark and do that more on purpose. Somebody might be their hair. Somebody might be the ability to tell stories. Or somebody might be something else. But live from that place every day. And you're going to find yourself having way much more positive feelings of self. Because you know, an, an important part of self-love is, is celebrating yourself. And a good way to celebrate yourself is to know why 
<laughs> you know, why you're amazing. And a good way to know why you're amazing is to understand your trademark. And so that's what the post was. I was just hoping other people reflect and then really think about the unique things by themselves. Well, I hope everyone takes a moment to look at it and reflect that. And you know, we absolutely love your smile and we do believe in your amazingness, Tayo, for sure. So thank you so much for sharing that. Powerful words from Tayo Roxon today. This is definitely one I'll be listening to again and again to hear those lessons. Here's one gem that really stuck with me that Tayo shared. Anyone's identity is more invisible than the visible. Thank you so much, my friends, for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to rate and review us. It helps us out so much. And if you'd like to connect, please follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I love to connect with you there. From myself and the team here at Yes Factor, we sincerely thank you for listening in. We'll be back again with a brand new episode next Wednesday. See you soon.